Thank you for tuning in to the RPC Sermon Series podcast. You're about to hear a live sermon, which was recorded at our 11 a.m. contemporary service. We are thrilled to share it with you. Thank you for listening. Good morning. We are going to continue our sermon series this morning. We've been doing this Follow Me sermon series, looking at the various I Am statements that Jesus speaks all throughout the Gospel of John. This morning, we're going to look at when Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Maybe you've studied this passage before, and maybe you haven't. So either way, we will pray that the Holy Spirit will do a new thing among us. So before we begin our our time together in the Word, let's go to God in prayer. Let's pray. Holy God, we give you thanks because you have drawn us together on this gorgeous day that we would worship you. And so now, Lord, as we turn to the word, we pray that the reading of the word, that we would read your words, and the hearing of the word, that we would hear your words, and in the proclamation of your word, that it is your word that is proclaimed. And may this encounter with you be so powerful that we cannot walk away unchanged. It's in your holy name that we pray. Amen. So we're going to look in the Gospel of John, the 8th chapter. I'm going to start in verse 12 and read through verse 20. So I'd invite you to listen now for the word of the Lord. Again, Jesus spoke to them, saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. The Pharisees said to him, You are testifying on your own behalf. Your testimony is not valid. Jesus answered, Even if I testify on my own behalf, my testimony is valid. Because I know where I have come from and where I am going. But you do not know where I come from or where I am going. You judge by human standards. I judge no one. Yet, even if I do judge, my judgment is valid. For it is not I alone who judge, but I and the Father who sent me. In your law, it is written that the testimony of two witnesses is valid. I testify on my own behalf and... The Father who sent me testifies on my behalf. The Pharisees said to him, Where is your father? And Jesus answered, You know neither me nor my father. If you knew me, you would know my father also. He spoke these words while he was teaching in the treasury of the temple. But no one arrested him because his hour had not yet come. Friends, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. This morning, I am going to tell you my all-time favorite, Jesus is the light of the world story. And it's perfect because my story that I'm going to tell you is from our high school camp. We call it Rutledge. And this story that we just read this morning in the scripture, Jesus is basically at a camp out. So it's all camp stories, so it fits perfectly. So I want you to know that this year, it was several, several years ago, we are at Rutledge, and the night before the last night of camp, We had gone down to the lake for a late night worship service. It's this night that's known for being the time when people can really examine their own selves and their relationship with God. And the group was having a particularly deep and passionate share time this year. Just lots of very beautiful, tender moments with declarations of faith from the students. We had been down at the lake for quite some time and had moved very late into the night And the sharing and the proclaiming had begun to quiet down and 
and we had moved into a more meditative kind of moment. Each of us in the circle were overwhelmed and grateful for the work that the Holy Spirit had done among us, and, and so we were, were sitting and reflecting, and we found ourselves in a moment that was silent and still and calm. When this sweet, sweet girl spoke up, it was her very first time at camp, and, and like the rest of us, she had just been gazing into the sky, thinking about how powerful this moment had been, how powerful camp had been, and, and suddenly she says, oh! Look, look, over there in the sky, do you see that light? I think that's the light of Christ. I think Jesus is showing us his light as a way of celebrating all that has happened and, and how wonderful this week has been. Oh, she exclaimed, it's so beautiful, this magnificent sign, the light of Jesus. The adult that was sitting next to me leaned over and said, do you think we should tell her that that's the lights from the Walmart parking lot? <laughs> no, no. We don't tell her. And we give thanks that she had such a beautiful moment that even something as ordinary as the Walmart parking lot lights became this indication of a depth of faith for her. But if we're going to think about what did Jesus mean when Jesus said, I am the light of the world, that we need to really look at the context of the passage that we read this morning. Where is Jesus, and, and why would he say something like this? This section that we're in, in the Gospel of John, chapters 7 through 9, Jesus is at the Feast of Tabernacles. It's a, a festival or a feast that was instituted by the Lord way back in the book of Levit Leviticus in the Old Testament. It was a way of celebrating and commemorating the Lord's provision when God led the Israelites out of slavery, out of Egypt, and into the wilderness. God led them with a cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. Now, if you're unfamiliar with this story, or if it's been a while since you've read this story, I would encourage you to look for anyone on campus this morning that has on a Vacation Bible School t-shirt. We just spent the whole week learning about this story, reading about the Israelites and, and how hard it was for them in Egypt and, and how brave Moses was to go in and talk to Pharaoh and there were plagues and then they escaped and there was a Red Sea and they had to cross the Red Sea and, and the wilderness and the manna and, and the whole thing. We talked about the whole thing. And we learned that for the Israelites, sometimes life was sad, it was unfair, it was scary, it was changing and good and in all of those times, we learned God is good. We learned that from the Israelites, and we proclaimed it all during Vacation Bible School this past week. So it's fitting this morning, then, that we would be reading this passage when, when Jesus is kind of like at his own Vacation Bible School, right? This time that they've come together to celebrate that God is good. No matter what life looks like, we know that God is good, and we remember that because we remember the story of how God freed the Israelites before and led them with the cloud and with the fiery pillar. And so for seven days of this festival, the Israelites would, would build these three or four-sided huts or tabernacles, and they would live in these makeshift tents, a way of remembering that the Israelites, when they wandered in the desert, that they would live in these little huts as well, relying on God to get them to the promised land. But the Feast of Tabernacles, the focus of it, it's not really about these little makeshift tents that they were living in. 
It was more about the light that would stream in through the leaves over their heads. And not the light of the sun that would shine during the day. That's not what they were looking for. What they were remembering was that fiery pillar that all through the night would burn. The fiery pillar that would lead them each to each resting place of their journey. The fiery pillar that never went out. And see, so that's where they are. This festival, that setting, that that time of remembering the fiery pillar, that's where they are when Jesus decides to say, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. So it seems to me that when Jesus says this, when he says, I am the light of the world, that all of the people who are around him who have come to celebrate a fiery pillar that never went out, that led them through the hardest part of their ancestors' lives, that what all of those people are hearing is Jesus saying, I am the fire. In the way that, same way that the Israelites who have gone before you looked to the pillar of fire, I want you to know that I am the presence of God. I am the one that will burn continuously so that you will know the way along the journey. I am the one that will directly, direct you to your next resting place. I am the one that you will keep your eye on even when you're in your leafy little hut because you need to know that I am present. I think what people heard Jesus say was, I am that fire. And y'all, we might not be sleeping in the desert tonight, but I am certain that there are plenty of us in here who are wandering in the wilderness right now, and we need fire. This week, there were hundreds of people here, almost 600 people between the the, children and the youth and the adults, all of these people who gather for this amazing week. But when all those people gather and we start talking about wilderness, people start sharing their stories and you hear from all ages that the wilderness is real. And so if you woke up this morning disappointed because you are still not in a good place in your marriage, if you are so stressed right now because of your finances, if you lost sleep last night because you are worrying about your child and the choices they are making, if you haven't spoken to your child in years and you can't remember the last birthday you celebrated together, if you have lost a loved one and the grief that you carry stubbornly wraps itself around every day that you live, if your parents have split up, are threatening to split up, or they argue so much that you wish they would split up, if your depression or your anxiety dictates when and why you leave the house, if you are feeling a little guilty because you are bitter that your family life isn't what you wanted it to be, then you are not alone. The wilderness is real. And when all of these people gather together and we start sharing our stories, we hear over and over again that the wilderness is real, that we're still wandering in so many ways in the wilderness. And so we gather together and we're desperately hoping and praying and needing for the fire to be real too. 
And what's interesting is in this, when we pick up in chapter eight, when we picked up with these verses, all the things that have been happening before then and the, the part that we read that happens right after Jesus makes this declaration is that all of these religious leaders have come together and they're questioning and they're challenging Jesus because fire, that's big. Can you be fire? And so they demand that Jesus needs to prove it. Prove it with a witness, they say. Prove it the way you would have to prove it in a court of law, they declare. Prove it using earthly authority, they demand. Prove it in a way that those who are not fire would have to prove it. And in my head, I can just see Jesus shaking his head because he knows that those who are not focused on the fire cannot understand that earthly authority cannot be contained Earthly authority cannot contain the heavenly authority. And so I imagine it was with great sorrow that Jesus said to those who were challenging him, you know neither me nor my father. If you knew my father, you would know me also. In that sentence, so Jesus is saying, y'all, This fire thing is real. If you'll just follow me, if you'll just follow the fire, if you'll focus on that the way we're celebrating, the way your ancestors focused on it, just follow the fire. The fire is real. And what's also really interesting is that last verse that we read, it says that Jesus spoke these words in the treasury of the temple. And that's important because the treasury of the temple was in the women's court. And every night in the women's court during the Festival of Tabernacles, this amazing ritual would happen. You see, there were these four large lamps, and each lamp had four large bowls of oil. And the wicks of these bowls were made from the worn-out garments of the priests. And the young priestly hopefuls would spend all night long climbing up and down the ladders, filling the bowls and refilling the bowls so that the fire would burn all night long, just like that fiery pillar had burned so many years ago. And the lights would flicker and they would, they would bounce off of the, the walls and the gates and every part of the court would be lit up in celebration. And men would dance with torches and the Levites would play music and the priest would blow their trumpets when the sun came up in the morning. And and it was a party, y'all. It was such a joyous celebration because what could be more wonderful than God's goodness? That in the midst of the wilderness, that even there, God was good. And so they would celebrate. And that's where they were. That's where they were when these people who are blind to the flames gathered around Jesus and demanded that he prove who he is. And that's when Jesus looks up at this beautiful burning bowl and says, y'all, I am that fire. I am that fire. And even though your wilderness doesn't feel like it's going away, you need to understand that I don't go away either. And as important as it is for those boys to keep climbing up that ladder to make sure the fire goes out, you need to know that I work even harder than that to make sure you never wander alone. Indeed, indeed, that is worthy of celebration. There were over 250 volunteers this last week at Vacation Bible School. It was fantastic. Your commitment to that ministry 
We are so very, so very grateful for that. So many children learn about Jesus because of what you do to make Vacation Bible School happen. There's this one group of volunteers in particular called the walkers. It's their job to walk them from Bible to rec to snack and, and all of the places. It's their job to learn all of the names of the kids in their group, to keep them corralled, to make sure we don't lose any of them, and to make sure that everyone is having a good time. They're some of our most important volunteers. This week I was talking to one of the walkers who happens to be a middle school student and I was like, how was it? Did you have so much fun being a walker? And the student said, yes, yes, it was fun, but man, little kids are really silly. I said, oh, tell me what happened. And, and the, the student said, well, this one kid in, in my group, well, he just decided one day that he was done walking. He wasn't going to walk anymore. He was only going to crawl from now on, wherever they're going. Didn't matter, they would, he'd just get down on his hands and knees and he would crawl to wherever they were going. And I laughed and I said, well, what, what did you do? He said, well, I couldn't just pick him up and force him to go where I wanted him to go. So I just walked real slow right beside him so he would know where to go next. That. That is what the fire does for us. When we find ourselves in the wilderness and all we have left in us is barely a crawl, that we have no idea how we're going to get to wherever it is we're going next and we are doing everything we can and perhaps the whole rest of the group has left us and we don't know what's going on there. There is the fire who never leaves us to wander alone. And when we get to the other side, we will find that we have not wandered in vain that there was not a moment that we, were gonna, that we were by ourselves, that we were left uncared for or unattended to, because y'all, fire. And fire, fire can purify and melt away the dross, leaving only the finest and purest version of ourselves, because a fire thaws our frozen hearts and those that we have held at a distance, because a fire lights up our shadows and forces us out of the disguises that we try and hide ourselves behind, because a fire calls us to warmth and to be kind to those who will throw barbed and loaded statements our way, because a fire gives strength to the weak and hope to the hopeless and power to the powerless and love to those who have do not feel love other places because a fire y'all a fire gives us passion and we are more than just a nice group of people but we are a people who with passion will follow the one who leads us and guides us a people who are willing to follow with reckless abandon because Jesus said I am the fire this is more than just a fun party with a really cool fire pit. Because the wilderness is hard and the world hurts. And so this fire is with us and it goes with us so that we can do the hard work of being a faithful people of God. And we can stick up for love and mercy and grace. And we can be the church in a world that so desperately it needs fire. Thanks be to God. Let's pray. Holy God, we give you thanks because indeed you light the way for us. So you, you call us and walk with us and go with us every step of the way. So Lord, we pray that you would give us the, the faith and the boldness and the humility to follow that fire, remembering that you are good. In your holy name we pray. 
Amen. Thank you so much for listening to the RPC Sermon Series podcast. If you'd like more info about Roswell Presbyterian Church, check out our website at roswellpres.org.